It's a new day, yes it is. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Wizards of Gallery Place podcast. Brendan and Damo back on the show, and it is Friday, June 23rd. The NBA draft was last night. Going to get into all the action that happened the, the past couple days. Uh, because as soon as I knew that as soon as we recorded the other day, some shit was going to happen right after it. Um, so we'll get into all that. Recap Wizards draft night and some NBA draft around the league. but. I, I guess let's start with the draft, and then we can get into the trades that the Wizards made. So Indiana selected Bilal Koulibaly, number seven, and they knew that they were going to trade that pick to someone. And it was clear that Jarris Walker had been their guy throughout the process. So essentially what happened was that the Pacers knew that the, the Wizards probably wanted Koulibaly, and they looked at Washington and said, hey, look, we know that you want him. We'll, we'll trade with you. We'll go back one pick, but we need something so you can get your guy. So smart from the Pacers, but also, again, this is smart from the Wizards too because everyone complained about the second-round picks from the Bradley Beal trade, but they're not valueless. Like, in the grand scheme of things, those players may end up being nobody, but in terms of trades and how – organizations view second round picks it's still ammunition and we saw that last night they were able to give up two of them who most likely will not end up being big factors in the nba and they're able to get the guy that they want um at pick number seven so and we talked about it a while back this was a guy that um you and i both really wanted he was the guy for me that if he was on the board no matter who was left I realistically, I was going to take um, over him. There was no one. So, I mean, even if Asar Thompson was there, and I, and I think that's kind of what we predicted the other day, just how we thought the board was going to fall. But when Cam Whitmore falls a little bit, and we'll get into that here in a second, and they end up taking Asar at five, we knew Anthony Black was probably going to be the pick at six. And then um, that that meant that Bilal Koulibaly was likely going to be there for the Wizards. So, that was who I wanted no matter what, and we end up getting our guy in number seven, and I couldn't be more thrilled about his potential. Yeah, man. It, I mean, it, that was, it was just crazy because, uh, I mean, bef- before, like, the, the board was going exactly how I, I had in- initially thought. Um, I, I just didn't – as the closer we got to the draft, I didn't think we were going to get Anthony Black. Uh, it just it just made too much sense for Orlando and all of the the, the – the draft uh, uh, info coming out was that that was their guy. So once that happened, I'm like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna be able to get our guy, either Bilal, Cam Whitmore, or a wild card like a Kobe, you know, Buffkin. And then when Indiana took him, 
Like Matt told me while we were doing the stream, and I'm like, what the like my initial reaction was like, you gotta be fucking kidding me, man. Like, come on, man. And then then the then right after he hit it with the, you know, it's going to the Wizards and you know, the Pacers are gonna take Jarris. I'm like, oh wow. Like, you know, so that that tells me that there were teams calling. Um there were teams calling and and we we were aggressive and and got they got their guy so i'm 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 just ecstatic man like i i you watch him and his his uh u21 his under 21 stuff man he looks like Giannis. like there's nobody that can stay in front of him he's getting to the rim at will he's dunking everything he's hitting pull up jumpers he 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 even got a little sauce off the bounce um and then when you watch him play on the uh the elite team with Wimby he kind of he kind of goes into this kind of catch and shoot three and D role. Um, so it's kind of, you know, a duality of, of the two uh, uh, Balao's you're watching. And it's like, which one, which one are you getting and which one key do you feel like you can develop um, long term to be to be a, a cornerstone for your franchise? Yeah, I mean, this was definitely a, a high upside pick. And again, like you said, he was playing with um, a younger team and they brought him up um, to, and like you said, he's going to have a little bit more of a reduced role. And people got to remember, like in the Euro league, they don't play young players just to play them like they do over here. You have to earn that. So in the Euro league, they're, they're going to play older guys. When Binyama being the exception, of course, because he's freaking seven foot five and a generational ass <laughs> talent, but it's not, it's not something you see very often where young players get, too much playing time. I mean, even Denny, Denny didn't have great stats either. And it's just because that's just not how those leagues work over there. It's a very different culture and mindset in terms of how they view those young players. So um, I couldn't have been more happy with this pick. This is the guy I wanted. And we only had to give up two second round picks to get him when I thought it was going to have to be like Denny or Gafford or, and a future protected first or something like that. Nope. Just two seconds. And he's yours. So uh, definitely happy about that. Um, I'm trying to think about the rest of the lottery here. So nine was Taylor Hendricks, right? To Utah. Yeah. Yep. I'm, they have a lot of, they have marketing. They have um, Walker Kessler. I, is that who you would have gone there at nine? I wasn't tuned in on your stream at that time when that pick was announced, but is that who you would have gone at nine? Because I thought that – I don't want to say it was a reach because I think he was that tier talent. I'm just not sure Utah made the, the most sense for him. Yeah, so I, I was kind of low on Taylor Hendricks, uh, specifically for the Wizards, because I kind of just see him as kind of a 3-and-D forward, 3-and-D 4-5. Uh, which is which is fine, like, but but for me, if you're ever building a team and you're trying to trying to grab uh, somebody that can can be a real difference maker for you, playmaker, uh, uh, play initiator, that's not the pick I would would have preferred. But but I like it for I like it for Utah because I'm I'm thinking of it in, in the fit with Lori Marketing and in between Lori Marketing uh, and, and Kessler. Uh, that's a hell of a, a front court to try to score over. I mean, that's a lot of size. I think Laurie is what? Laurie's seven feet. 
Now you're getting Hendricks, who's six nine and can move, block shots, and then you got to get past Kessler, who's a who's an elite shot blocker already. So it it makes sense for them. And then they they turned around and went and got their two bucket getters later on the board because they went and got uh, Keontae George, I believe, and then Bryce Sensible. So you know, I probably would have took Keontae first, but if you take Keontae at nine, then you don't get Taylor Hendricks at sixteen. So I, I get I it makes sense when you look at their full their full day they had at the draft. Let me pull up the the draft here, but there is one pick that I did want to ask you about, and obviously the Lakers were um, in the market for a point guard and going Jalen Hood Shafino there, who may not necessarily be the best fit next to LeBron. You you figured that Jordan Hawkins would have been a dream fit there for them but the fact that they were able to draft a point guard in the first round and get someone that you know maybe they can try and keep as a a key part of their foundation going forward what did you think about the selection there for the lakers at 17 other pick for them um i had jalen hood at around like in the in the 20s uh, but, but in that range, it's kind of like, you know, for, for a team that was in the Western conference finals, take the upside, uh, take a guy that's six, 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 ten wingspan can play on or off the ball. You just got to kind of get him consistent. Um, because in the games, he looked great last year. I mean, he looked like a top five pick. He looked like Darren Williams. Um, but then there's like, uh, it, there's like 18 other games where he looked like, undraftable or second round guy um you know a lot of four of four twelve three of three of eleven type days with a lot of turnovers and it's just like okay what what's going on here and he's not like an elite athlete um you know with his running and jumping but he has he has a good handle on the ball um and he's really good in that in that pull-up game in the mid-range in the pick and roll. Like he he loves to play out of the pick and roll for that pull-up. So that's a transferable skill for a guy that's that's six six. So I I like I like what the Lakers did, man. And they came back and got Max Lewis uh in round two, who's who who was my guy. But yeah, I, I like what the Lakers did. What did you make of Oklahoma trading up to get Kaysen Wallace when they already have Josh Giddy? Trey Mann, Shea Gilgis, Alexander. What do you think the thought process was for the Thunder there? My, my first initial reaction was like, uh, they miss Will Dawkins. Uh, but but I I guess I'm I'm just not that high on Kaysen. Um I had him like either. I had him slightly above uh Brandon Potts out of Santa Clara. Um but I mean, it's it's fine. Like I, I'm just kind of like you picking up. I, what is he gonna play for you? He's gonna be a backup guard, and because you got Josh Giddy, you got Jalen Williams, you got Shea. All of those guys are handling the ball, um, and going to be on the floor. So where is Kaysen sitting here? Like you, you're driving a backup point guard, top ten. Okay, like. So be it, you know, but I, you know, I, I guess with the way the board was falling, um, I guess that kind of makes sense. They probably wanted, they probably wanted, uh, Taylor Hendricks, honestly, a guy that they can plug right in at that four spot so they can slide, so they can slide, uh, you know, Jalen and those guys and Josh Giddy back up 
the 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 starting five because they need somebody that can play kind of next to Chet. Um, but yeah, I mean, Kaysen, I guess you know you just like all right, I'm gonna just take the most productive guy here, no matter his size. I'm gonna just I'm gonna just take that guy, and you know they they did what they did. It's just weird, like trading up to get him, and this is a great deal for Dallas, by the way, because they're able to get off um, Davis Breton's contract and get the guy that they were going to select the 10 anyway and the guy mm-hmm. that they probably were going to take even if they were higher up in the lottery um, and Derek Lively, who I think, you know, we talk all the time and you mentioned, you know, the some of the best combinations in league history come from that guard big man combo and Dallas definitely wasn't going to get um, a big time player if they continue on with Dwight Powell as their starting center. And that's nothing against him. He's a very good role player, can start some games for you if you have the right cast of guys on the wing and guards in the starting five. But um, Derek Lively, I think, had a really good pre-draft process, was able to show off his shooting ability in that one video. His athletic was a number one player coming out of high school. So um, this was a very good pick for Dallas. And for for their sake, I'm glad that they didn't trade this away for some mid-ass veteran and being able to get off Davis Bertans in the process, which opens up a trade exception for them, which they then use to um, get Rashawn Holmes, who should help them out a little bit. He's a good player. I, I don't know exactly what happened there in Sacramento with him, but I still think Rashawn Holmes, well, he was a decent player. We'll see how he is now that he's gotten a little bit older. Um, but the, overall, I thought Dallas had a, a, a very good night here. Yeah, I, you know, I I wasn't the biggest fan of where they picked Lively, but I understood why they, you know, I I like that they got that type of player because they needed it. It was just that, you know, the idea of taking a drop big, you know, in the lottery, it was just kind of like, and then I think they went and moved and got Rashawn Gomes from, Rashawn Holmes from the Kings as well. So I'm thinking that's probably the, those, those two are going to be their, their, their centers, running pick and roll with with Luca and that and that makes a lot of sense because those guys are high flyers, shot blockers, energy guys. Uh that's exactly the type of big you want with Luca and, and presumably Kyrie. Uh but it was just just the value for it where, where they got him. Cause I just feel like, you know, rim running bigs, catch lobs, they're like NFL running backs. Like I just think you can get that type of player, you know, bottom of the first round, you know, top of the second. Like a Daniel Gafford. Um, I think he went pick 38, uh, but maybe in this class, it wasn't a lot of those guys in this draft. So that kind of raised Derek Lively's stock because he was really like the only type of he was the only rim runner of his kind, um, you know, in this in 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 this draft, really. So I, I guess I guess it makes sense from that standpoint. Some good picks I liked here uh, middle of the first round. Jordan Hawkins going to New Orleans. I think that's a great fit there. Um, Kobe Buffkin going to Atlanta, good upside pick for them. Who knows if they eventually decide they want to move on from DeJounte Murray. Either way, that's a really good third guard to have there. Um, Keontae George, you got to try and replace Donovan Mitchell somehow, right? Um, Love the pick there for Utah. Miami Heat going Jaime Jaquez. Now, I'll say this. I wouldn't have taken him this high, but this is such a Heat culture pick. And I think NBA Twitter kind of collectively came together and say and said that at the time. He's a guy who's going to come in, put his head down, get to work. He's going to dive for loose balls. He's going to be a great shooter. And he's going to be a, a high-level impact role player for them, I think, for years to come. So 
Um, definitely yeah. a really good pick there for Miami. Is that kind of the same reaction you had as well? Yeah, during the live stream, I was just like, this is, he's such a Miami Heat player. Like, I mean, watching yeah. his, his tape, like, you can tell Jimmy Butler is his favorite player. Um, you can tell because he, he plays like it. Like, he's just a dog. His rebound rate at 6'8 is crazy. Like, I mean, he gets steals, he gets up under you. He just, he has a nice uh, fadeaway game, too. Like, he, he, he puts you on his butt and he got a nice turnaround fadeaway. Um, but yeah, like I, if he turned out to be a starter for them, I would not be shocked at all. Like, cause he's ready to play right now. Um, Brandon Podzemski, good pick there for Golden State has a really nice one-handed floater that he can get off from pretty much anywhere on the floor. So, um, very unique skill that I feel like no other guard, um, in this draft really had Cam Whitmore falling all the way to 20 to Houston. That's a good pick for them. I mean, if they're able to come away with potential to top five picks in the first round and they didn't even have to to trade up to get the second. I mean, that has a potential to to be a really good steal for Houston. Now, I shared your same sentiment because I was tuned in when you said this last night, but sooner or later, Houston's going to have to try and change their direction a little bit and they have to try and figure out which of the young guys do they seriously see a part of um, the team that they want to build with going forward because you can't just have 15 guys 23 and under where they arguably all need playing time like somewhere eventually something's gonna have to give yeah man some gotta give uh and and and, and shout out to kevin broom because when i said that he he immediately he immediately called me out and was like uh are you talking about kevin porter jr and i'm like yeah yeah that, that's where i would start like what what the hell are you doing with him because you gave him this weird contract that that's not guaranteed at all after like the first year. Um, you know, you see coming, you saw some of the like spats he had with, with Silas um, on the sideline. And he just, and he has a history with him dating back to when Cleveland had him and drafted him um, and, and why he failed to 30th in the draft to begin with. So I just, that just seemed the writing on the wall is, is there for me. And, you know, you take Eamon, who I had number two on my board. I just think he's going to be electric playing mm-hmm. point guard. If you just give him the ball and just let him go. Um, I think you might have, like, you know, a 6'7 Russell Westbrook. So, uh, yeah. it, it, where, where, does, where does Kevin Porter Jr. fit in that equation? You got – there is – I mean, I, I feel like you can have too many young guys. Like, those guys are going to want to showcase their game – have the opportunity to have the ball. Um, even Cam Whitmore, like I love the, I love that they got him at twenty. But you just took Tari Eason. You got Deshaun Tate there. You got uh, uh, Kenya Martin. Jabari Smith. You got Jabari Smith. Like, where is he going to play? Where, where is he going to play? Who? Where is? There's only one ball. So, right. you know, like if, if, if I'm Cam, I'm like, I'm kind of like, damn, I mean, when I'm when I'm going to get, am I going to see the rock? But right. I mean, they, they're going to have to figure it out. They're going to have to consolidate um, some of those guys. And, you know, the Wizards could be <laughs> the Wizards could be one of them teams sitting there like, come on, bring them on down. Like if if I was Cam, I would have hope to slide three more picks to Portland because I think that's a situation where you could argue he could have been their starting three this year. 
So right. going to Houston where everything is such a log jam, it, he'll yeah. have all the opportunity in the world um, because there isn't, again, there's nothing foundationally on their team. But again, there's so much young and there's so much like former lottery picks on the team. And again, KPJ is a, is a non-starter. He'll definitely be gone, but it goes past just him with there being a log jam. Like there's like three or four guys that they probably should consider moving in order to try and make all this young talent work. So we'll see what happens. Um, I think at this point, I am not sure Houston's going to be able to do much this offseason with trading some guys, but I, I could see there being a scenario where they have a fire sale on young guys at the trade deadline, and maybe that's a situation where the Wizards can try and fleece for um, another young talent. You know, you never know. Um, let's see, finishing out the <clears throat> first round, because I want to get to the trade stuff here. Um, Clowney and Whitehead, I feel like those were two commonly mocked guys to Brooklyn. So solid picks there for them. Um, Julian Strother going to Denver at 29. Man, that's a good pick. Um, the Nuggets continuing to have good drafts, of course. Into the second round. We had the 35th pick, but we traded it to Chicago for two future seconds. That pick ended up being Julian Phillips. It was funny watching you guys react to it because you guys got the news a lot later than um, everyone else did. And so I'm sitting there waiting for when you guys are going to realize that, like, oh, shit, he's not a wizard. He's going to Chicago. But um, it all worked out okay because at pick number 42, the Wizards ended up getting Tristan Vucevic. Um, yes, really mobile big man can shoot the hell out of thing. His jump shot actually looks a lot like Davis Bertanz's. Uh, now, we're certainly hoping that he doesn't become that type of player, but even if he were to become a Davis Bertans-like player, I feel like at pick 42, because I think Bertans is also the 42nd pick, that's still good value, right, for, for what you get with that range. Now, hopefully with how deep this draft is and given his size and positional difference, that he'll be a lot better. But And this is another upside pick from the Wizards, so it seemed that we know their type um, in – uh, again, this is a pick that, you know, I wanted Gigi Jackson at this point. I was hoping Max Lewis fell um, a couple more picks, and we can get to Max Lewis and uh, those other guys in the second round in a second. But, uh, man, uh, really happy to have uh, Vucevic on board. And this is a guy that, you know, we talked a little bit before we started recording. He has the opportunity to get some big minutes this year because right now the only center is Daniel Gafford. We did get Mike Muscala from Boston, but – um, he's not a guy that they're going to prioritize. So, I mean, but between Daniel Gafford's inconsistency, foul trouble, um, conditioning concerns, this I mean, Vucevic has the potential to play like 22 to 26 minutes this year, which could uh, be really big developmental minutes for him. Yeah, man, I, I think I think there's a there's a opportunity for him to play if they can just buy him out. And get him over here, uh, get him on the summer league team, and, and develop him. Um, get him in their system. I, I think he can play, man. Like I, I think he's already. He's he's just so skilled. I, I saw a comp. Uh, uh, I think the Ringer had it where they they compared him to Laurie Marketing. And, and when I ran their numbers side by side coming out the draft, they were they were very very similar. I think Laurie was a little bit more, was a little bit more mobile. Um, more maybe a three. Laurie more of a three four. Whereas, whereas uh, Vucevic is more of a four-five, um, 
But man, yeah, he can put it on the floor. He can. You watch some of his tape. It's step back threes. It's little shimmy pull ups from the mid. It's little post turnaround fades. Like at seven feet, two twenty. So I like it, man. That gives you a different dimension in your front court. I mean, kind of like what you had with Porzingis, but you know, obviously not as good. But that same dimension, um, and you're getting a look at him on a super cheap deal, uh, and just develop him in your system. We had Max Lewis go 40 to the Lakers, and this is a great pick for them, but were you guys able to make sense of why this slit may have happened for him? Because I know that when we recorded, we were talking about a guy that, you know, if the Wizards decided to bite somewhere in the lottery on, that it wouldn't necessarily be the worst thing. So for the Lakers to get that value at pick number four, calling but i have no idea why he fell to to pick number 40 if you could try and make sense of that yeah i had no i have no idea because i mean i had him top 10 on my board um and for him to drop to 40 i'm like what the hell i don't know if maybe the workouts were bad he looked like he he picked up some solid weight uh throughout the draft process uh and i just enjoy his tape man like a six seven dude with a seven foot wingspan that could put it on the floor he he can make these flashy passes off the bounce he can play on or off can shoot it from three good free throw shooter uh crafty around the rim like he he kind of he's just he has, he's a three level scorer at six seven i just didn't understand how he wasn't uh you know at least a top 20 pick but for him to fall to the 40s, I'm just like, I mean, that's good value for the for the Lakers. They got they got another one. And the Lakers have been finding those guys, uh, you know, Austin Reeves and uh, th- those type of guys, man. Like, I think they found another one. Gigi Jackson going 45 to Memphis, uh, another good upside pick there. It's to that point in the drafts where it's like no matter who you select, oh, it doesn't really matter what they turn into. But – Again, the, the the tier of player that was able to fall into the 40s was still pretty solid and something that I feel like we won't typically see. So good get there for Memphis. Um, yeah. Getting into the uh, – we'll transition over into the, the Wizards trade tier um, in a second. But just tying in a little bit to the trade, uh, the Wizards ended up trading their 57th pick to Golden State for Patrick Baldwin Jr. as a part of the – the Jordan Poole trade. Um, I think that he'll be a, a solid player, Trace Jackson Davis. Um, I'm not sure how much minutes he's going to get, and we'll, we'll kind of tie that into Patrick Baldwin here in a second, but um, definitely not mad about it. You flip this 57th pick for someone who was a first-round guy a year ago, and again, it's really hard to to make of what he was able to bring to the table because Golden State was just such a – it's been such a unique – plays for first round picks i mean even kuminga and moody it's been hard for them at times to define minutes their way so i'm not going to read too much into baldwin until we actually see what he's able to do in a wizard's jersey but overall the the idea of flipping 57 for baldwin is a good move for this front office yeah i love it he's kind of to me he's he's the isaiah todd replacement um he's 610 and he can shoot three uh, he could put it on the floor a little bit. So you 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 take a bet on that upside and, and hope you can develop it. If it works, great. If it don't, you didn't lose nothing. Um, I mean, nothing of real value. So 
Uh, yeah, I, I love taking a shot on on six six plus guys that that have some versatility. So, uh, I, you know, it just again, it's just a it's indicative of the 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 changing of the the roster building philosophy that's here now. Final fallout from the Beal trade. It was um, Bradley Beal, Jordan Goodwin, and um, Isaiah Todd for Chris Paul, Landry Shamit. Six second round picks and four pick swaps where we had originally heard it was only going to be two. So this is a good get for um, the Wizards, and we don't have to spend too much time on this. Bradley Beal was able to pick the package, essentially, um, and being able to use two of those second round picks to get back up to get Koulibaly just makes this deal all that more acceptable and just a really good move for this front office. Um, and then we'll get to Chris Paul here in a second. But I, I really thought that uh, this was a, a really good deal for the Wizards. In a, and again, just picking the direction and him being the first domino in all this was a, a great sign for our franchise. And uh, again, I, I haven't been more excited. We've quietly assembled the worst roster in basketball, and there's intention behind that. But I am more excited about this team than I've been in years. <laughs> I- Oh, worst roster in basketball, man. I, I think I think Houston still <laughs> still's got something to say about that. But but yeah, I, I, yeah, it's not. Is I'm not expecting play in or playoffs. Uh, but you know, if if they may, if they were competitive and and somehow were in it, you know, around you know they were around eleven or ten seed coming into the last month of the season, that wouldn't shock me. Uh, but that's pretty much what they've been the last four years. So. You know, doing it now on a much cheaper and younger team. I mean, I mean, you can't you can't ask for anything better than that, man. Um, I mean, I just I'm just looking at this haul that they ended up getting for Brad Beal, you know, for a guy that had a no trade clause that basically told them I only want to play for a team that has zero assets. And it's just like, God damn, like, you know, what, what I mean, what can you really get? I mean, because like I was saying before, if if the Spurs would have offered the number one pick, you couldn't do it. You couldn't do it because he only wanted to go to the sun. So, you know, to turn that into Jordan Poole, Ryan Rollins, Landry Shamit, six seconds, four future first uh, round swaps, which are are in the part of the, you know, which in the future, you know, yeah. the date that they, the years they got him in are years where the Suns may not be good again, where where KD and and Beal may not even be on the team at that point. And then you get you get the twenty thirty protected first from the Warriors. And then a 2020 second, 2027 second from the Warriors as well. I mean, that's a, I, I'm taking that. That that that's exactly the type of haul you would expect if you just did that trade. You know, one to one, a bill for Jordan Poole and stuff. And essentially, if you want to be technical about it, it also led to us getting Bilal Koulibaly. Yeah, because then you end up using two of those seconds to move up to seven, right? So. I mean, it's just it's just masterclass. This is why, you know, I didn't want to react to the initial bill trade because it wasn't even completed yet. So you knew, OK, they were going to try to tie some stuff into that. And, and you knew Chris Paul wasn't going to stay here. Like, it was just no way Chris Paul was staying in D.C. Like that. That was just it was just no way. So then you reroute him to, to Golden State. And, and, you know, I called it before they did it. Like the Jordan Poole thing. I know. I know. You know, the, the the people that look at the advanced stats and stuff are going to kill Jordan Poole. But I, I would just say 
if somebody punches you in the face at your job, you are not going to have the same work performance, <laughs> especially when you got to work with that person the rest of the year. Um, I would just say Jordan Poole coming here and getting the green light, man. I think there's an opportunity for him to be in that uh, most improved conversation, like how Lori marketing exploded when he got to Utah. I, I'm so excited about Jordan Poole that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait a second to talk about it. Let, let's go back and let's do KP really quick. Um, no look, th- this was a guy that essentially, from, from what I, I read, is essentially told the Wizards, find a deal or I'm going to opt out. So, and the fact that they were able to get him to Boston where he can be in a winning situation. And look, I think fans are going to be happier with the way KP exited um, than Bradley Beal. I mean, this was a guy who from day one was not a dick, was not a locker room problem like people had been claiming, was not just this standalone three-point shooter that the Mavericks had turned him into. Um, KP was a great player, was arguably our best player um, during his tenure here. We, we've been on record saying that several times. And I wish him nothing but the best. And I, and I hate the Celtics. But for him, I, I, it would be nice to see him get a ring. Yeah, I, I like it for both sides. I mean, it, it's kind of similar to the Beal situation because they both had leverage, right, to, to kind of dictate their terms. Because if KP opts out, then you know you're not resigning him and he could just go somewhere else. So you kind of had to go and find a deal the same way you had to go find one for Beal. Um, it just, it just, he didn't have a no trade clause, but he was in the last year of his contract and could just opt out on you before, before the deadline. And you're kind of left getting nothing for him. Uh, a guy that to me played like a top five big man last year. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think they did the best they could with, with the, the circumstances they were handed, um, to get Ty Jones, who's a, who's one of the, probably the best backup point guard in the league. Uh, maybe, you know, it's probably a starter here if you if you plan on keeping them and then getting the, the 35th pick and then being able to use that to get an additional two seconds and still ended up getting the guy you wanted it wanted in the second round anyway. So, uh, yeah, I I like it, man. I like it uh, to get something from nothing, basically. Now, getting to Jordan Poole, the, the Wizards, essentially, the they had to make a second deal with the Warriors. So. The, the Wizards traded Chris Paul for Jordan Poole, Ryan Rollins, Patrick Baldwin Jr., um, a future first-round pick and a future second-round pick. That first-round pick is top 20 protected in 2030. Um, the second round, I believe, was 2027. And then we also have to give um, the, the 57th pick to go on a state in the process. But that's a pretty good haul in itself. Um, I really like Jordan Poole. I, he's someone that I would take over Bradley Beal. He's someone that I would take over Chris Paul, um, just given age and everything. So uh, potential. So I, I love his ability on the floor. Um, really good player, and I, I'm I couldn't be more excited about this guy because I really think it's going to be showtime. I think it was really funny that people had already been posting pictures of him and like uh gilbert arenas in the same tweet and stuff and it's like i mean it it, it has that type of feeling though you know he, he may not be as as good as gil i mean i guess we'll see but this is a guy that i could definitely see averaging like 26 to 29 points a game um and like you said being in the conversation for most improved because he's going to have an opportunity to shine here he's going to have the basketball in his hands and he's got some years under him and 
Um, look, this is a guy that it, people are saying, like, great, now we can flip him for something. And it's like, why do we need to flip him? He's still young. If he's good enough and if he shows that he deserves to be a part of the team going forward and can be a franchise-level guy, then why trade him? Just keep him. Um, now, it'll come to a point where, you know, later this year, if someone's going to give you four first-round picks for him or something, you know, maybe that's something that you have to consider. But for now, I mean, he's the guy. And I couldn't be more excited to have him here because I think he's going to be really special. Yeah, he's he's electric, man. Um, he's he's the kind of guy that you pay to go see. Um, uh, you know, he's he's different than Beal in that sense because I think Beal game is more uh, kind of more methodical and 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 yeah. more like a Ray Allen like. Um, it's effective, but it's not very flashy at all. Whereas Jordan Poole game, even you know, even with him never not being a starter, a regular starter, when he gets on the floor. It's like, whoa, who was that guy? Like, you know, he he hitting dudes with hezzies, in and outs, crossover, step backs. He pulling up from 30. I mean, crazy up and under scoops, jelly lays. Like, I mean, he got the full bag. Like, for the very same reasons that, you know, kind of guys swear by a Kyrie Irving, that type of entertainment factor. Jordan Poole, I feel, has that with his game, with the style he plays. Um, and now he gets an opportunity in the nation's capital a, you know, a, a big market to, to, to show that, man. Yeah. Um, and I just think it's going to be up to the Wizards to kind of cultivate a team that hides his weaknesses. Obviously, he's a slighter build guard, 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, so you're not going to ask him to be your best defender. So what do you do? You go get a Bilal Koulibaly to play next to him. You already have Denny here, 6'9", defender, right? You, you, you need to insulate him with guys that are switchable, can can take those matchups. So all he has to worry about is 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 being Jordan Poole um, and being the best version of that, which is a which is a and a a flashy uh, you know bucket getter um, and, and playmaker. So I'm excited, man. I, I can't wait. I can't wait till he gets here, suits up. I, I really think he's going to be electric. I, I see him being a 25, five and five guy here. Yeah, I mean, this will be the most electric player in D.C. that we've had since prime John Wall, and before that, since Gilbert Arenas. So, yeah. um, and, and by electric, just to be clear, by electric, I don't mean better. Right. I don't mean more winning player. I just mean just the style, like, you know, that, that fan draw, the way he plays is, is going to be electric. Yeah, and again, I mean, this he's going to be able to play like, 34 35 36 minutes a night now and being able to to see his full bag on display for that amount of time because again who the hell is he deferring to on this team right now there is no one there is no one so i mean it's going to be his show um and his ability to interact with the crowd um get everyone hyped up and the, the smartest front office in basketball paid him this money to keep him so he obviously had some value to I mean, when you have value to the greatest like dynasty in the modern era, that means something. So the fact that he's going to be able to come here now, I mean, maybe this is like a, a James Harden situation for him now, where James Harden was the sixth man, went to Houston, and now he's the player that he is today. Um, now I think that Jordan Poole is hopefully uh, 
not not will not be as inefficient uh, going down the stretch of his career as he ages. But again, he's still young. He's not even in his prime yet, um, and already got a bag in this league. So I mean, it, it's going to be really exciting. This is probably the the he's probably the first Wizards jersey that I'll get since. Oh, I can't even remember the last time I got a Wizard. I think the last time I got a Wizards jersey was rookie year John Wall. Still the um the old blue and gold. So, uh, but I think that this might be the one because it's just, this is a different type of guy that we just haven't had here um, yeah. in, a, in a while. Yeah. You haven't had an electric guard like that before. Uh, I mean, like a, a shooting guard. Um, you just haven't had it. Like he, he plays there. You watch his highlights, man. It look like sometimes it look like you watching an and one mixtape from back, back in Oh two. Um, Cause I mean, he's just, I, I was showing him to my, my daughter who's not even into basketball and she was just kind of like in awe of some of the stuff he was doing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But at the same time, it's like, it's a gift and a curse, right? Cause he can, he can look like, you know, Globetrotter all-star one minute, you know, Kyrie doing, you know, the stuff at the Rucker, like he can, he can do all of that. And then there are instances where his decision-making, you're just like, what the hell are you doing? Um, but that's why I think a guy like Ty Jones being here, if you plan on keeping Monte or DeLon, those guys can kind of run the ship and, and kind of reel that in a little bit to provide some structure. Because if you if you could set up a, a structure where he could still be himself, but within the flow of the offense, I think you got something, man. Because he's it, it, like you said, it kind of reminds me of Harden going to Houston or I would even say Gill coming here from Golden State. Right. Um, yeah. Where it's a guy, and again, I'm not saying he's going to be as good as those guys, but I'm just saying the thinking as far as a young guy playing on the bench that you knew was a scorer, and and just didn't get that opportunity to really show his full game. He's going to get that opportunity now, and I think he's going to, like I said, I think he's going to be 25, five and five. Like I would, I would, I would bet on that pretty confidently. Um, that because might be in the game, Yeah, in the in the games. Without Steph Curry last year, uh, in the games he played thirty plus minutes, he was he was twenty six. I think he was like twenty six four and three, mm-hmm. um, on like fifty eight percent true shooting. So <laughs> it's all about opportunity with him. We know he can do it. So once we uh, figure out what jersey number he's going to wear, I'm definitely going to rock it. So and and it could be a good way for people to get free jerseys for those that have. Uh, you know, we're not going to disrespect Karan Butler like that. But if you have Bradley Beal jerseys, all you got to do is get some tape, right? Pool on it, and all of a sudden you got a free Jordan Pool jersey. So there you go. Yep. Um, just overall, kind of recapping everything. This is as aggressive an off season as a front office has had in like, like ever when choosing the, the blow it up direction. I mean, you can go to Miami and you can talk about the offseason they had when getting the big three or Boston and their big three, but going the opposite direction, this is about as, as aggressive as the front office has been. And we thought that this was the, the way they were going to go because it had been reported a lot that this was the direction they were going to go. But the fact that they were able to be as proactive as they were, and that to me honestly is what has me the most excited and some of this stuff may not pan out for them. Um, I'm not going to jinx any of it, but the fact that they were able to be as proactive as they were and not sit on things and don't wait, just get it done. 
yeah. shows you that front offices do have this capability. And if you have the right guys, you can make things happen very, very fast. So just overall, I couldn't be more impressed so far. The, the, the way that they speak in their press conferences, um, their thought process when trying to rebuild the roster. And it feels like there's intention and reason behind that. The, the draft process was thoughtful and intentful. Everything so far has just been fantastic. And again, like we may not have that many wins this year and we'll never know if, you know, we don't know right now if they're going to be able to get over that hump eventually to get back to relevancy. We certainly hope so. But this is about as good of a first start and first impression um, as you can make in this league. And I feel like, you know, people are bashing the Wizards on national media, but for people that actually know the game and are not casuals, th- this is this is a fantastic start for Michael Winger and Will Dawkins. I mean, I, I couldn't be more impressed and more thrilled about the direction of this team going forward. Yeah, man. I, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think of, of the last time a, a, a rebuild or has just been this aggressive going that way where, I mean, literally, we're probably going to come back to start a training camp with with the exception of Kispert, Gafford, Denny, and Johnny Davis, who didn't play last year. I mean, you're looking at a whole new top top 10 rotation, pretty much. I mean, mm-hmm. or tops, top of your top 10 from last year, you're bringing back maybe three of those guys. Yeah. Three. Everybody else, you're going to have a new star. You're going to have a whole new top three scores really top shit top five scores probably <laughs> um so it's just like it's just but it but it doesn't look to me it doesn't feel like a race to the bottom it like it doesn't feel you don't go get jordan Poole making 30 million a year nah, nah. jordan Poole's go, not letting that happen to go you know to win 15 games like no 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 no, no. they're trying to compete they're trying to build something and they're, you know, it's kind of like a layered process. Like, okay, we we losing Bill, but we're bringing Jordan Poole in here, who's younger, more electric. I mean, I think cheaper, he's better. So, and cheaper. So now let let's see what he can do, and let's insulate him with some guys and build from that. Um, but it's it's not this race to the bottom where you trade away every good player, every player with any type of potential, and you just bring in a bunch of G leaguers and dudes off the street and try to win ten games like that. That's not what's happening here, and it, it's refreshing. No, like again, like you deal away Bradley Beal, who we knew we were never going to be able to win while that contract was um, on our books. Rest in peace, Phoenix. Um, you get away, poor, get off Porzingis, who was already in his prime at age 27, 28, however old he is now. Mm-hmm. And Jordan Poole is only like 23, 24. He's not even in his prime yet. Um, no. And again, if you had asked me who I'd rather have any day of the week, Bradley Beal or Jordan Poole, I would take Jordan Poole every single time. So for me, you get the better player, and he's cheaper. Um, someone that you can build your franchise with has the chance to be the franchise guy. Like, that's what a lot of people, are, I feel like, are not talking about enough. Like, yeah, Jordan Poole, courtside baddies, whatever. Like, no, this dude is fucking talented. And if in the right situation, if this is handled correctly, and again, like you said, that this roster, that there, there's reason behind it. 
there's a plan. If there's the right structure here for Jordan Poole, Koulibaly, guys like Denny, Kispert, Gafford, Vucevic, I mean, we have a, a lot of young talent now on this team that's going to get a lot of opportunity. Um, we have Ryan Rollins, Patrick Baldwin, Johnny Davis, who maybe hopefully somewhere possibly get playing time this year. But either way, this overhaul, they say it can't happen overnight, but it did. And it's just, it's an exciting time to be a fan right now. It really is. Yeah, for sure. Cause I, I just, it just like, they just hit the ground running. Like it didn't take them long to kind of assess what we had and, and kind of go about it and building a team around our young guys but kind of putting them in their proper roles. Like they didn't come in here and say, oh yeah, Denny, we, we think you can play point guard. Or Johnny Davis, we think you can play point guard. No, 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 no. Or, or Kispert, Kispert, we think you can be a starter and, and, and lead us in scoring, right? Like, nah, 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 nah. They were like, okay, Denny, okay, point forward, secondary playmaker, power forward, okay. Kispert, shooter, Catch and shoot guy. All right, uh, we need to go get Jordan Poole. <laughs> like it was very clear. We need to go get Ty Jones. Like, and 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 that to me is again, it's refreshing because I feel like your young guys are gonna get are, are going to get maximized because you have a staff that knows ball and knows how to put guys in their proper roles uh, to succeed. And I'm I'm just ecstatic, man. I'm 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 ready to go. I wish the season was starting tomorrow. I have from Golden State side of things, I have no idea what they were doing. This team is gonna be bad this year. I mean they'll still win games. Oh but no, they're gonna still be good, man. I, I, I'm not I, sure. They're gonna still be good. Chris Paul can play, man. And 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 now you you probably have by far and away the best backup point guard in the NBA. You're paying for it. But you have by far and away the best backup point guard in the NBA and a guy that can help close games for you. Because what's the one thing that I've been kind of the one thing I've been screaming about with the Warriors and their kind of end of game execution. They get a little too, too sloppy with the ball. Steph Curry, get, he get the doing a little too much. And then it's like high turnover basketball and they blow games like that. Sometimes you're not going to have that with Chris Paul. You're not going to have a top two starting five and then a bottom two bench now with Chris Paul. So you address that by switching out who for Chris Paul. You got somebody to kind of run the ship, steady the ship when it gets a little hectic. And I think that's what they needed. I think that's what they needed. Now, is it a is it a five year plan? Obviously not. But I don't I don't think they're going to be bad, but they, they need to get some size, though, because they got to get through joking. Jokic. And Chris Paul ain't helping you do that. <laughs> I guess when I say bad, I'm like just not like typical winning Warriors basketball that we're used. Like I said, they'll probably still be between like 45 and 50 wins or whatever. But and you think Chris Paul's going to come off the bench, huh? Yeah, I, he's going to uh, come off the bench, but he's going to finish games, right? So so they're they're going to go death lineup to finish games with Chris Paul, Steph, Clay, Wiggins, Draymond. Right. And and, it, and they're going to execute because Chris Paul is going to have the ball in his hands. And then you're going to have Draymond running around screening, play Wiggins and Steph uh, running around shooting the ball. So and, and I think they're going to be a much more disciplined 
you know, last two minute offense because like I said before, they get a little they get a little too uh too too out of control sometimes, man. Too many turnovers. Steph throwing it out of bounds, trying behind the back passes in the crunch. Like it's like, what are you doing? Like Chris Paul not having that. So he he's gonna run that offense, man, to a crispy tiss to the T. Um, I know you mentioned earlier that the Houston Rockets might still have the worst um, roster in basketball. For reference, I turned on a, a simulation of 2K while we were recording just to have something for my eyes to concentrate on. Um, <clears throat> we are beating the Rockets 86 to 57, and we are midway through the third quarter. So it's without rookies, of course. But right, right, uh, right. Jordan Poole's going off, Denny's going off. Yeah, it's great. And hopefully, this is what happens in uh, in real life too. Again, I'm excited for Jordan Poole. This is going to be the first jersey I'll get. It sucks that I'm moving away. Um, for those that don't know, I've been jobless for past month and a half. I quit, but I just got a new job. But it's in Texas, so I'm moving to Texas within the next couple of weeks. So I won't be at Cap One as much as I would have liked to this year because I, I haven't been to a game I don't think since 2017. So um, it's been a long time, and I was definitely going to try and be there for the home opener and stuff this year. Maybe I can still make that happen depending on the day of the week that it is, but. Um, definitely, we'll we'll catch them when they're down in um, in Dallas. I'll definitely be there to see that. So, um, should be uh, fun times on the horizon again. And, and we got a report this morning that the the Wizards are still trying to, to trade some of their point guards, and that they're not done yet. So, um, we've already had a very exciting off season, like information overload all at once, and it looks like they're not even close to being done. So, again, just the, a great first off season so far. Yeah, man. Like I said, I'm I'm excited, man. I'm I'm ready to go. Um, it's just like the pieces the pieces make sense. It looks like a modern team, and that was just one of my biggest complaints with the Wizards. Like the sum of the parts could never, you know, come to a whole because the pieces just didn't fit what modern basketball was. Like you had you running two drop bigs, you didn't have a lot of shooting, you had bottom five point guard play, like you had no real like wing players, three and D guys. And I feel like they're changing that now. Like you got shooting all up and cross uh, across the, the roster. Even if, even the guys they brought in, like a Muscala, a Gallinari, a Landry Shamit, uh, 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 PBJ, like, of course, Jordan Poole. These guys are shooters. Kispert, you got him still here. Um, guys that can shoot. And, 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 you know, you got your defenders, theoretically, and Johnny Davis and Bilal uh, and Denny uh, that can switch on the perimeter. So uh, I, I like it, man. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying we're going to be good, but I feel like they've made the necessary steps to build a modern roster. And if they can just develop it, then there's a, there's a light at the end of the tunnel with this. Uh, and just when you think, oh, man there's not going to be any basketball stuff for a while now. Well, not true because we have free agency coming up at the end of the month. And then we get into summer league, July 3rd, which this is the most excited I've been for summer league in a while. This was a unique draft class. You have some interesting second year players. Um, of course, our own guys, it seems like our, our projected starting five right now is going to be all guys that are on the main roster this year. So that should be really exciting. We start the, the California, uh, classic summer league july 3rd and 5th um, the wizards will not participate in that or the salt lake city summer league that is july 3rd 5th and 6th 
um, but they will be taking place in the 2K24 Summer League. That'll go from July 7th to 17th. Um, those games are not announced yet, but when they are, uh, I'm sure we'll be back on to relay that information and go over their schedule at some point. Hopefully there's a lot of interesting matchups, but again, Summer League, regardless of what the Wizards did, the Summer League this year should be flames. Um, for record, Bilal Koulibaly did say that he intended on playing in the Summer League this year as to where Victor Wembanyama said that he will not. Um, so that's a little disappointing, but I get it. But still a lot of talent to to witness and um, see how some teams shape up organizationally and see how some of their players make their uh, first impressions here. I'm I'm excited to see. Yeah, I'm I'm ready to get it going, man. I I can't wait. Like I want to see this young talent on the floor and see what they can do. If you guys aren't already subscribed to the podcast, please make sure that you are. Rate us five stars, leave us a kind review. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.